Let's start with a classic. That was awesome. Oh, I love that video so much. Been been a while. Had to bring that one back. Welcome back. Welcome back to Leafs Late Night. I'm your host, Roscoe, joined by Stuff the Fanalyst and Galaxy Beaner over here. How's it going, gang? It's been so long. It's been so long. It has been. It's been a while. For there. What's uh, anything interesting uh, happened that we want to... Uh, Bring up before we talk about hockey things. Oh, lots of stuff, but I don't know if we want to get into everything. Well, I mean, you know, anything life. we'd like to share. I know <laughs> life has been crazy for all of us. I mean, I just got back from Quebec City. Um, that was that was an interesting little trip. Um, Sadie and I spent some late nights uh, in an arcade in so the middle of nowhere, north of Quebec City. I don't know. Basically, we were in a hotel and everything was closed. And the only thing they let us hang out in overnight was was an arcade. So I spent uh, more money than I will care to admit on a claw game that I won <laughs> nothing on. Mm. Only because one person on our crew won something. And I was like, oh, if one person won something, then it must be doable. They are so impossible. The, <laughs> the thing that she won was a, an Ernie doll from Sesame Street, but its head was on backwards. <laughs> and the tag was um bio sesame or something or barrio sesame i don't know it was like spanish whatever it wish? is it looks like something that came off of wish what is sesame street in spanish because it was that i wow. honestly have no idea that is something i never thought anybody would ever ask me sesame street <laughs> spanish is um spanish for barrio sesamo yeah, that's what it said on the, uh, on the tag. So was, and like literally, we first thought just his feet were backwards, but then it's like, oh no, the hands are too. So is this, oh no, it's just his head that's backwards. It's the, the strangest thing I've ever seen. And so that you could only find in a claw machine. Needless to life. say, I wanted something that was equally as broken. And there was a Superman doll I had my eye on who was twisted, but <sighs> alas. As, as a parent of a young child, stay away from the claw games because they are impossible. They are, man. Uh, the other one we got into was the punching game. I will go no further into detail on that. Um, it was the <laughs> one with the boxing thing, and it tells you a number. Uh, the basketball one was also popular, and uh, some skee-ball. But uh, otherwise, man, arcade games have not improved much over our lifetime. Like Of all the technological advancements we've seen in gaming, arcades are still pretty much the same as they were in 2005 and i'm kind of sad about that i was expecting more so we've we've recently had a little family get getaway at the americana in niagara um basically a, a different version of great wolf lodge which is a little more affordable and depending on the age of your kid it's actually better um and they have a little arcade there and so we played there a little bit and Sadly enough, I spent most of my time at Flappy Bird, if you guys remember that. <laughs> oh, yeah. My they fave. Had, they had a uh, world's largest Pac-Man board. It's just like a giant tablet, basically, you can play Pac-Man on. Or like Mario and Sonic at the 2016 Olympic Games. So it was showing its age a little bit. But yeah, this place was kind of similar. They had a big indoor water park and tobogganing stuff. And uh, it's a pretty cool place up in Valcartier. My life has been pretty lame recently, but... 
when you bring up arcade games, man, this is something I love to do. We go to Palladium often and, and just, I don't know, just have fun, like better than losing your money at a casino sometimes or whatever and saving up all of those coins or points. And now I have so many, but um, my favorite it's always like Flappy Bird or trying to stay alive in some sort of game or like the piano one or something. Trying to get everything super accurate and yeah, I don't know. Good times. Yeah, there's one here. If you guys ever make it out to Ottawa, we should go to Fun Haven because they have a bunch of arcade games and there's an indoor roller coaster and laser tag and you can get nice. drinks there and they will give you triples in a slushy. It's awesome. Wow. It, it's like... Imagine a Chuck E. Cheese, like pizzeria kind of diner thing in the middle of an arcade where you can walk up and be like, yeah, can I get a slice of pizza and one of those slush puppy things? But yeah, take that Bacardi rum behind you and pour half that bottle into it. And they'll be like, here you go. (laughs) It's fantastic. Sounds like the U.S. when I was in Orlando. You literally bring your drink everywhere you go in the arcades and no one cared. They were just going wild. I'm like, okay. That was the other thing. I think Quebec's the same because when I went to the bar in the hotel, they were like, do you want that for here or to go? I was like, what do you want to go? I can just walk away with this? They're like, yeah, you can go up to your room, go to wherever you want, go for it. Like, oh, okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah, Ontario's so stuck up with that kind of thing. Oh, I know. Like we were debating on bringing a drink into this Ferris wheel and then we go to the line of the Ferris wheel and there's a bar (laughs) at the end of the line. I'm like, guys you're looking to make money man you're missing this stuff in ontario but hey i think you can drink at wonderland now openly believe it or not it's been a while since i've been there but that sounds like advocating for drinking but you know (laughs) it's just more fun um the last thing i want to say about quebec city is on the way in and out of the town we passed the videotron coliseum and oh my god just you can see it from every part of the city because as you go up into old Quebec, you're on a hill and just standing mm-hmm. downtown, you can look out across the river and you see this massive white dome just protruding above all the buildings. And it's like, God, they need a team. Yeah. It just looks so perfect, man. It's huge and it's gorgeous. Ugh. And I can't believe it's for a Q team. <clears throat> <laughs> all right. In Canada, we do hockey arenas right. Let's start the show. Hi, this is Mike Ross, public address announcer for your Toronto Maple Leafs, and this is the Leafs Late Night Podcast, your post-game destination. And now, your starting lineup, Roscoe, the Fanalist, Southey, Beaner, and Darty Brodeur on the Leafs Late Night Podcast. Oh boy, oh. So um, another little thing to touch on. Let's talk about arenas first. So I was uh, all year thinking about going to an Ottawa 67s game. And whilst out for dinner, my girlfriend and I decided, let's let's go for it. The tickets are only like 20 bucks. Did not realize that uh, it was going to be game one of round one of the playoffs by the time I go to get tickets. So the 67s finished first place in their division, I believe. And uh, they would be taking on the Oshawa Generals in round one. So Steph, do we want to put a little wager on this round? Why not? Right. Since this is our, our hometowns, we're fighting each other off here. So uh, Love what do we it. think? What do we think? 
Um, in the spirit of John Tavares, um, this team is going to captain their way to a win, and uh, we must wager... I don't know. Anything. I honestly don't follow the OHL closely, so I don't even know how well they've been doing all year long, but... We've got till the game is on Thursday, so for our our next episode, we'll come up with uh, a bet. Okay, deal. Sure. Or someone send us ideas because clearly I'm drawing a blank, but I'm down. Cool. Uh, So what I found kind of strange when I went to buy the tickets was they're playing at the Slush Puppy Center, and I was like, "Wait, what? There's a Slush Puppy Center? It's in Gatineau, and why are they playing there?" So apparently, the Men's Curling Worlds are on at the TD Place downtown Ottawa, where the uh, 67s normally play because they don't play at the Canadian Tire Center. They play downtown in a very accessible arena. Anyway, uh, so because it's accessible, it's also busy. So they're getting kicked out for the first couple games. I think it's only the first three or four. Um, But they'll be playing at the brand new, as of I think last year, Slush Puppy Center that was built as the new home of the Gatineau Olympique. Very nice. Who moved out of... um, the Richard Gartain arena, I think I've been there before and um, holy. So we were filming out in Gatineau and we used it as like our, our holding space. And I was walking around it. It looked like an arena from like, you know, Coburg, you know, like a, just a, a random community center arena. And there's all these banners on the wall that say Gatineau Olympic. I'm like, wait, this is their arena. Come on. This is, this is a little sad. So uh, I looked into it and apparently there's, they've been fighting for a while to get either a new one built on the same spot or another one built. And uh, finally they got this like $70 million arena dropped uh, just on the other side of town. So looking mm. forward to seeing what the slush puppy center looks like. <laughs> well, one thing I, I will say, if, I, I don't know if you guys have been to OHL playoff games before. No, nope, um, never been to an OHL game. I've nope. wait an OHL game ever. Nope, never. My dear God, man. Um, so way, way long time ago. Coburg, what game would I have been to? Any of them. <laughs> that doesn't matter. Um, a, a ways ago, I was trying to impress a young woman. And so I bought a lot of tickets to London Knights games because she was a big time Knights fan. And that just so happens that that was the years that Kadri was on the team. Oh, nice. So cool. I saw him play for the Knights, I would have to guess about seven times. And some of them were playoff games as well. And the atmosphere is just incredible. Like absolutely incredible because these kids are playing for their futures. And the fans, they don't have to spend a fortune to get the tickets. So it's ex- the games are accessible to everybody. True fans, nice. young like young kids, people who can't go to regular NHL games, right? So... Would it be weird if I wear a Leafs jersey? Absolutely not, because people wear, like, I don't think so, because at junior games, people wear any and all kinds of jerseys you can think of. Okay. Mm. I wasn't sure, because, I mean, you you could have guys on the team, like, I've looked into it. Some of them, their favorite teams are the Leafs, and, you know, like, they have a defenseman who says he models himself after Morgan Riley. So, like, I kind of want to see these guys. (laughs) <laughs> be fun and then i'm gonna go out and see a newfoundland growlers game this is gonna be uh cool hopefully that... if they're still playing oh yeah they are they're i told you they have a triple header that weekend right that you're out there wow 
I'm on top of this for you. Come on, man. Well, well, well. So that'll be fun. Um, in other Ottawa arena news, Gary Bettman has now said after saying we would expect the sale within days, uh, it's now going to be midsummer. Uh, so a midsummer arena's dream. <sighs> so <laughs> it seems, um, the good thing that come uh, to come out of this announcement is that Bettman says they're not expecting the city to fork over any money for this. It's going to be all on whoever buys the team. If they're going to move the arena, that they got to pay for it themselves. So I think that's good because whoa, you're whoa, looking whoa, at... Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Batman's okay with the team paying for something themselves? Come <laughs> on now. I think he recognizes that it's a bit of a situation here in Ottawa that he's got to be gentle with. And if, you know, you're going to bring in big money from out of town and a big name and everything, they're going to expect them to front the bill. I mean, it's a government city. They're not going <laughs> to not going to fork over money for a hockey team. Come on. I was just, it's all in the news right now about the vote coming up in Tempe. That's all. So I had to, oh, I know it's nuts. Had to rip on that. <clears throat> it's such a weird, like opposite situation for a very similar, um, built franchise, I guess, in terms of like the number, I don't know. Anyway. So, uh, arena may or may not be in the Breton flats. He said it's, it's going to be up to whoever buys it. They can look into other situations because, you know, other things were, investigated when Melnick and his partner that he was fighting with uh, were trying to move it. So uh, I don't know. We'll see where it ends up. Le Breton Flats is right in front of the War Museum. For anybody who's not familiar, it's where they do Blues Fest. It's kind of a useful uh, open space downtown that obviously a lot of developers would be interested in, but it's good for festivals and things to be right in the middle of the city. So be kind of a shame to lose it. I saw a theory today on Twitter that someone suggested uh, since the draft is before the Tempe vote, the draft will declare the outcome of the vote. So if Bedard oh goes to Arizona, then they will vote for Tempe. But if not, then that is the end. Honestly, anything in the top three is probably going to be franchise altering for these teams. So like... I don't want to put too much on Bedard. I think if anybody, like, honestly, Arizona's going to be fine. They're starting to really give teams a run for their money. They just went to a shootout the other day with Colorado. Like, I think that team's going to be fine, especially with all the draft picks they have. For some reason, Arizona's always had Colorado's number, though. Like, a, <laughs> a couple years, I don't I don't know if it was last year. It might have been the year before. And Colorado lost to Arizona, I think it was two or three times in the same season. Yeah, but I mean, just look at how they've been performing just in this last quarter of the season. Like, these kids are going to be okay. You know? Ingram but, holding down the fort. It's it's more the management and ownership situation that's just kind of an, uh, a dumpster fire. Like, the players on the ice that they've put together, like, at least the kids that they've, they've uh, drafted are all promising. Yeah, I mean, look, Nick. Even Nick Ritchie's playing well there. Nick Ritchie's not there anymore. Oh yeah, he yeah. got traded for his brother. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. The Ritchie Bros. Okay, so uh, before we get into Leafs, let's start with a uh, question here. The classic from Chris Hurley. This is uh, I got to make a theme song for this because it's going to be a new segment. Start one, bench one, cut one. This is fast food ice cream treats: Frosty, McFlurry, and Blizzard. Ooh, 
Oh, Chris, this is tough. I didn't even look at this one before because I wanted to go into it blind with you guys. This is really hard. It's got to be start Blizzard, bench McFlurry, and cut Frosty. Got to be. This is really hard. I don't disagree with that. Frosties are on their own, but you dip fries in it. Who the dips fries into ice cream? You're doing it wrong. It's a thing. You're, you're up who too gets close frosties to anymore shout out to my kim possible people you know what i'm talking about i can't even remember the last time i had a frosty it's not it doesn't even it's not even a thought in my head i'm gonna go get a frosty wendy's no. is the closest drive through to my house to be fair besides starbucks but i don't fucking go to starbucks drive through it's like 25 dollars <laughs> literally last time i went there i got like it was two drinks and like they're a really mediocre sandwich that was just like a ciabatta with a microwaved piece of chicken on it and it was like how is this 2280 like what what did i just i'm not doing this again this is stupid anyway honestly you gotta also weigh the factors here like do you want to spend ten dollars on a blizzard or do you want to go to mcdonald's which is probably closer for a fraction of the price and honestly a fraction of the price and the machine is always broken no it's not Not (laughs) yes it is (laughs) good point good point that's because everybody in ottawa can afford to go to starbucks instead of mcdonald's (laughs) <laughs> okay i have it's this is actually interesting because for the first <laughs> time in my life i have probably equidistant a dairy queen and a mcdonald's so uh i have actually been to dairy queen like once or twice in the last I don't know, two months three months since i've lived here um blizzards are really expensive now like i remember being a kid going to reed's dairy getting a toonie tornado nah blizzards are like eight bucks and um honestly i'm with steph on this like if you you can get like a smarty mcflurry and get some like caramel sauce in that or like the oreo one with caramel yeah i'm fine like i it's all fake ice cream anyway with fucking sauce and candy in it like what am i what's the difference i don't need to taste like a fake pumpkin pie or like some (laughs) cherry cheesecake thing it's probably not going to be that great anyway Obviously, the quality is there for Dairy Queen, and I appreciate Dairy Queen. They're my go-to for every birthday cake. I do not get anything else. Everyone knows this. I don't. I don't even eat my birthday cake half the time. It's usually in the freezer, like for a couple months, and I appreciate it later. Or a treats of pizza. But honestly, the last couple of times, I've been a little disappointed, and I'm like, damn, I just spent. 25 bucks on two blizzards and i'm like is, is it has it really been what it used to be you know like those memories and when you have that oreo with caramel mcflurry See, for a I mean. deal two for five or two for whatever on your phone you're like oh that hits the spot and i'm enjoying this it's hard i i, I love them both I do, but my wallet likes McDonald's better. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go start McFlurry bench blizzard just on price point to like, you know, how much better a blizzard is and uh we'll cut frosty just because I it, you got to add fries for me to get one. I'm not going to eat one on its own. I'm usually like 
not eating the second half of it once I run out of fries. So I will start Blizzard because you get more toppings. There's more things you can add to it. It's not just your basic like McDonald's. I do appreciate the price at McDonald's, but at the end of the day, if you go with quality, okay, I'm going to start the Blizzard. Um, bench the, the McFlurry and definitely cut the Frosty guys like what's, what's the point of the Frosty there it's just plain ice cream in my opinion like they just walked me into you know being on the same team here you know McFlurries there's so many better <laughs> like you just laid out all of the points of why it's better than a blizzard and then you're like yeah, I'm gonna start blizzard like way to I'm leave me hanging on that <laughs> yeah she I'm just wanted to hang hard. you up by yourself that was hard. No, I appreciate your choice. And I was surprised you actually agreed with me on that. Well, no, because honestly, like usually when I go to Dairy Queen, the thing that turns me off of it, to, granted, it's not the blizzard. It's like the the care that goes into making their sandwiches and burgers and stuff is just like not there. They're oversauced or like there's stuff like falling off of it when I open it up. And it's like, the you know, when the tomatoes like off on the side of the burger and like, you know, it's all falling apart. I feel like that happens every time I go to Dairy Queen. It might just be the one that's near me and I'm biased, but when you get that and a blizzard, it's like, I can't, I'm not enjoying this as much because I'm mad about everything else. Well, that's why you don't buy a burger from an ice cream place. Thank you. (laughs) No. (sighs) Why the hell are you getting fast food at Dairy Queen? First of all, like I do not go to Dairy Queen and think I'm going to get French fries. Like, like, no, their onion rings are good. Their chicken fingers are good. Like, get it. I didn't even know they sold that shit until like five years ago. Y'all are missing out, though. Some of their stuff's good. Just don't get the burgers with like a ton of sauce on them. Like the flamethrower ones overrated. It will never cross my mind. Thanks, though. Again, just leave me out here to dry. That's, that's I'm fine. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm cool. I'm There's cool. better options out there. Like, at least go to McDonald's for that shit. <laughs> Start McDonald's on that. Okay. So let's make a really hard turn into hockey for a sec. So I was watching um, the Nashville game and switching back and forth between the American and Canadian broadcast and uh, it was really fun to watch on the American because they're talking about all the weapons the Leafs have and how uh, how dangerous the, of a team they are on the power play and how Nashville's really going to have to lock down defensively if they're going to uh, stop the Leafs from just running away with the score on this one and then I uh, when that stream cracked out I went over to the Sportsnet one and they said that uh, you know Nashville's a really heavy hitting team and the Leafs are going to have to uh, deal with basically just getting getting outsized on this one and uh they're only three for 11 on the power play which works out to uh what's that just under 30 percent as they show on the screen that just under 30 percent where the Leafs are currently sitting is third in the league for the power play so basically stating something as though it's bad while showing that it is third overall in the league and somehow making that seem like a negative am i missing something here no, that's the this. So, sorry, Steph. That's the no, mainstream sports media in Canada. Like that is how it always is. You can never have anything good. It's always got to be doom and gloom. Yeah, like that puts them at a twenty-seven, just under twenty-eight percent power play. Like the Leafs' power play is third overall at like twenty-eight and a half or something. Like they're only three for eleven. Uh, that's exactly how good they are yep 
you're stating it as though it's a bad thing, but guess what? They're they're good, and they're uh, they're still still good, <laughs> and would be first place in the West if they were in the Western Conference. I also watched the away feed for two out of three games that we missed uh, this weekend, and um, just for the Nashville game for a sec, you bring up the power play. They would not shut the fuck up about how much our power play costs. <laughs> like, and then they put up a graphic saying our Leafs PP1 was 48 mil, and their whole roster they skated that night was 42.73 mil. <laughs> oh, and did John Tavares score two power play goals or did he not? Yes, yes. Hmm. hmm. But so, he, he's he's washed, guys. Hmm. Also washed. <laughs> no, just just curious. That would put them at what were they, two for three on the night? Yeah. Keep in mind, Horrible. you know, Yossi is injured. That's a nine million dollar player. You have Soros who sat. He's five mil. For- Forsberg's been injured majority of the year, eight point five. Like the way they were saying it, it was just like, damn. Like I, I used to be real hard on our PP one because it's like when they're not generating. Of course, you bring up the dollar signs, but they were distracting for the majority of the game. They would not shut the fuck up about it. <laughs> i'm glad keep doing it because it jinxes apparently the game into uh some great power plays also i it's funny i knew matthias Ekholm was on edmonton but i kind of forgot the other side of that and that tyson barry is on nashville now what a weird fit for him right but it's like it looks like it's working it looks like he's producing offense just from the eye test alone from that single single game but oh yeah he had some good looks. Uh, off, yeah. He had some good what, Johnny? Some good looks. I heard larks. I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm going crazy. Um, offense has never been Tyson Berry's weak point. Like, he's always had that anywhere he's gone. But yeah, he, he didn't. He, he looked better with them last night than he did for the majority of his time as a Leaf. Yeah, but I mean, like Steph mentioned, Roman Yossi's out and uh, you got a couple of these guys down that could bump him out of that spot. And that's typically where you see Tyson Berry start to struggle is where he's not the guy that the team is leaning on for all of their offense on the back end. So if he gets bumped to PP2 and, you know, maybe not seeing the same offensive minutes, then uh, might be in the same uh, situation that every team seems to find themselves in with him. Yeah. But if it wasn't for this power play, um, it, it was the difference maker for us during this Nashville game. Uh, without those two power play goals, nothing was really happening. I mean, that Kerfoot goal in the second period, oh. that kind of came out of nowhere. But how nice was that? What oh, my snipe. God. Being fed in the neutral zone and for him to just rush in and straight shoot it in, something we've been like wanting all season long for him to finally, you know, sink one and, you know, the Florida game first one in 26 games and then to come back two games later and do it again. It's like, it's nice. These guys activating at this point in the season. That Kerfoot goal and, and a couple of the, of yarn croaks goals recently, it's like, Holy cow. They have totally like benefited from playing with Matthews a lot lately. Oh, yeah. That shot yeah. does not come from your third line guys on any other team. No. Like, that's insane. It's like shot by osmosis. Hey, we can shoot like that. Let's try it. Yeah. So the thing that we were talking about with Kerfoot, though, I mean, everybody's complaining about him being up on the first line. But like we talked about, they're trying to just give him these opportunities to get his offense going again. 
We saw him get that goal that got called back. Then he scores in the shootout. And it's like since then, it's just been uphill or downhill, uphill. Which one's easier? What one means he's. <laughs> Yeah, he's been playing better. Excuse me. Um, It's interesting to note, too, Ray, in the Florida game, the Carolina game, Leafs went 11 and 7 with the roster. And then the Nashville game, they're back to 12 and 6. We see Wayne Simmons draw back in. And Lilligren is the guy who gets cut after a few too many whiffs of the stick, unfortunately, in this Carolina game. Yeah. it's just guys you want to see succeed at this point in time, like Kerfoot, like Yarn Croak, Lilligren, right? We need Bunting. to secure your spot in the in our decor because it's so easy to lose it. Can- <laughs> and anyone's going to sit, like Morgan Riley during Florida, a couple bumps and bruises. He's too tired. Okay, Daddy, <laughs> you're just gonna sit tonight. So, can I touch yeah. on on Lily there for a minute? So, oh yeah, I love Lily. I, I was a big Sandine fan as well. We've talked about this many, many times. Um, oh, we know. But there's, it, it's important for a lot of Leafs fan to sit back and think and realize you can have both things happening simultaneously. Lilligren can use this season to prove that he is an effective NHL defenseman who is going to be a key part of the Leafs blue line in future years. At the same time, he can also show that, hey, he's been playing kind of shitty lately and he's playing himself out of the starting defense rotation for the playoffs. You can have those two things at the same time. Yeah, and I think when you have nine serviceable NHL defensemen, it, the bar is so high where it's you you don't get that leash of a couple games. It's, you know, you make a couple mistakes and all right, we're going to try somebody else out. It's not, you know, a punishment per se. It's just, all right, well, someone else gets the chance tonight. And, oh, shit. And, and it's actually... Keeps them on their toes. Yeah, it's rubbing off on some of the other guys. Like, look at Justin Hall laying a big hit. Where was oh. that? Oh, so mm. nice. And honestly, there was the one play, I don't remember who it was with, but I think it was David Camp and Yarncrope, maybe, but I think shorthanded. Uh, Hall came in and, and uh, broke up a play, forced everybody to the other end, kept the puck in at the blue line uh, on the rebound and everything, got a shot off. Like he, The whole chance happened because of Justin Hall and was like, oh, all right, Halsey, let's go. Yeah, and I think uh, Lilligren's getting his chances, right? In the Florida game, he's right there in the lineup. Uh, during the Canes game, he's as listed as the seventh D. He's moving a little down, and then unfortunately gets healthy scratch the next game. And um, what I don't know, what point do you do you put it? Do you just keep rotating guys? Because there was also a, a notice that Timmins was supposed to draw back in the lineup during the Carolina game after Shin was supposed to be a scratch, and then... His opportunity was denied, and he hasn't played since February 24th. So do you want to get him in at all? or? Yeah, I like Timmons has been good. It's just I, I can't, like if you're ranking everybody, he just unfortunately finds himself at the bottom just because of how little we've gotten to see of him. And I think that's all it comes down to. I think if anybody gets hurt, he's definitely going to see some ice time. But see, uh, otherwise, no. what do you think? I don't even know about that. Like, really, with the acquisition of Gustafson, I kind of think that basically assured that unless there's multiple injuries, we're not going to see Gustafson. Because at this point in time, Gustafson's basically a veteran black ace. 
if if you look at the defensemen, how they've been utilized since they've been here, he seems to be the odd one out because Keith loves Hall. And then I imagine, even though Lily's been playing bad, I think he would probably be one of the first call-ins. So you have Lily and Gustafson waiting. That's fair. True. Nothing against Timmins. He signed like for he signed beyond this year, so like he's definitely part of the team's plans, especially with the uncertainty with Hall. Um, like who knows what the roster is going to look like next year once you factor in salary cap complications and everything like that. So he's definitely there for the years to come because he was a valued prospect, as you found out recently, Roscoe. He was part of the trade to get Kemper out of Arizona. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> um, i keep finding trades that happened before covid and i'm like how did it, like my brain just like doesn't like peonk for truba missed i forgot about that one the fact that you didn't know that they that the habs traded sergachev for duran blows my mind I, it's just things that you know you know the leafs traded a first round pick for phil castle right yeah okay sorry had to be an ass wasn't it tyler sagan it was a couple first round picks sagan and hamilton yeah. Anyway. <laughs> well, this weekend, since we were on the road, I couldn't help but notice these national anthems. And oh, Lord. How much they were butchered because Florida, well, well, well. Um, it, it wasn't obvious to everyone that this guy, Ryan James, did not know the lyrics to O Canada. <laughs> wasn't it Ryan Michael James? Like, it was it like three first names? I remember was the whole joke. No idea. Anyway, who this guy is, but first of all, I just want to say Florida did a really great job of Pride Night. They just didn't do a great job of picking a Pride um there was was there no other gay singer in florida in miami so, like this was the best singer like i'm sorry come on guys you did everything else was so well done they did such a great job uh, all the things that were posting all the different people they brought out i don't have it all in front of me but like look at look it up if you're interested it all looked awesome and this is yes. who they picked <laughs> So it, this this performance caught so much attention, especially with the post and the selfie mirror saying one hour before, uh, still learning or still practicing O Canada or whatever he said. Um, he was invited to the Ross and Mocha show, Kiss 92.5 <laughs> on the radio. And uh, he said that he was a replacement and got the notice two hours before. And he was also oh, no. promised that the lyrics would be on screen. I find this to be bullshit because even if you are candidate to sing the national anthems, I think that's the bare minimum requirement to know the lyrics. But guys, <laughs> guys, what what is this? What am I holding in my hand? Right? Your phone. Yeah. But what is the easiest you... thing to do is look up the lyrics. Like how like that is and the worst part about it is it like it was taken care. It was handled better in Toronto singing the American national anthem than it was handled there when the mics quit. Yeah. Even if he had the words in front of him, he didn't know the melody. No, it this was brutal. You don't even know what he was singing. He couldn't even recover. Uh, thank God for all the snowbirds in the audience, like saving the day to Leafs Nation, because <laughs> this guy didn't even know the tune. It was embarrassing, man. It's just 
My favorite part is when uh, it immediately turns into an audition when the when the U.S. anthem comes on because it happened all three nights. They just give it their best shot and belt out the lyrics like this ultimate performance. And then they do the Canadian national anthem. And you're like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> My dad is always a fan of the uh, when they do. Um, free at the end and the free and they like do the second note up it's like oh yes i love when you you just overdo it Mm. (laughs) oh you guys have seen fergie's right i i believe so yeah do yourself a favor and go watch the uh the time that fergie sang the national anthem at i think it was an nba game and uh oh did her own own rendition of it (laughs) oh boy lovely But uh, those prize jerseys actually were beautiful, like you were saying, Roscoe. And one wish I had, right? Like, why can't we purchase the pride jersey? We can purchase the cancer ones, the military ones. We cannot purchase the pride ones. I mean, they're up for auction, which is great. But why not pump a few out? Uh, The Stahl brothers that night, uh, (laughs) I mean, they were the ultimate talk as you're watching the hockey game. And you kind of went like, yes, when things didn't go their way but i want to buy the jersey man like you want people to just support and get in on this like make them accessible by the way yeah because sorry johnny talking about the jerseys if you haven't seen them yet look up the calgary flames ones they're oh they're so nice too i was gonna say the uh, the vancouver canucks have my favorite one so far and i would totally get one of those yeah so and uh, uh, and just one more quick thing i know we we've talked about it like to no end and you know we're all pretty much in agreement with the players who are standing up against all this for no good reason there's not a single good reason to do it um as far as i'm concerned yes players have their own beliefs they can believe what they want if you're not going to wear the jersey for warm-up you should not be playing that game and you should not be getting paid for that game end of discussion and I just want to I just want to shout out at Flyers Witch on Twitter, who's the one who designed the uh, uh, Canucks Pride jersey. I'm just gonna this one, super cool. Um, so yeah, go go give Mio the Mio the Witch at Flyers Witch a follow and uh, check out some really cool different uh, designs because they do a bunch of the Pride posters and uh, advertisements for NHL teams. Yeah, and especially you see these artists literally, I don't know, pouring their heart and soul into these jerseys and we can't purchase them. Come on. Ah, just drives me crazy. But anyways, uh, the 6-2 win was great against Florida Panthers. I got to say it was the poppy show that night. Um, Bunting scoring in his 150th game as a Leaf was also nice. And I think the one thing that Leafs Nation was shocked about besides the pride and the anthem and all this outside drama the Leafs finally got their first five on three power play it took 71 games guys to get their first five on three power play that is just uh, how right and (laughs) Batman was pissed (laughs) I, I saw somebody I saw somebody break this down on Twitter and it just kind of comes down to the way that the Leafs play. Like they're, they're not a team that, that forces um, that kind of play. Like the way that Tampa plays, 
for example, they draw and give out a lot of penalties, whereas the Leafs don't commit a lot of infractions. So the way that games are called, there's not as many even up calls. You know, like they're not trying to give the Leafs things because they're not taking as many either. So it's just it comes down to the way that they play, honestly. Yeah. It, it comes down to the, offici- the officiating epidemic that we're seeing. It Mike, Mike Johnson yeah, it doesn't has excuse a, it. No, because like, it, it it just comes down to the way that the game's officiated, right? Like Mike Johnson, I, I reference him a lot. I love his takes on a lot of things, and he has a very good way of looking at it. Yes, you don't want like okay, everybody said, oh, you know, playoffs, overtime, whatever. Oh, let them play, let them play. Well, yes and no. Because if it's a call in the first period of a regular season game in October, you should expect it to be a call in the final minute of the third period in a playoff game in the spring. And whether you call it or not, the refs are influencing the game. So, like, you got to be careful what you wish for. Because then you're having teams that are trying to build a team for two different seasons, which just completely is nonsense. Well, and if the whole idea is you're trying to encourage goals by not stopping the game with these plays, it's like, well, does the does the big goal matter if the other team is screaming about the high stick that happened four seconds before it that wasn't called? Yeah. So the goal shouldn't have happened in the first place. Like, I don't think it's achieving the same outcome that they're looking for. No. I mean, look, we just heard 30 for 30. We're going to have a whole documentary on the 2011 riots in Vancouver. So that should be interesting. <laughs> yeah. You know, just to see how, how uh, mm-hmm. maybe calling things properly would uh, just be a good way to go about your sport. But who knows? We're just a Speaking podcast. Speaking of calls in this Carolina game, I was very surprised to see um, the goal go our way when Matthews got a goal, but it was after the whistle. And the, the play was stopped. The refs reviewed it, and it was determined that Toronto got the goal. The Bally Sports commentators were livid. They were going off on the broadcast. And yeah. So I missed this. What happened? So basically the ref lost sight of the puck. The ref, if you're looking at the front of the net, the ref is over on, on your left-hand side. Bunting is directly out front. Matthew's just a little bit to the right of him. And the puck's there. The ref loses sight of it. It is still blatantly loose. Bunting gets the puck passes it to Matthews and as the pass like after the puck leaves his stick just after it leaves his stick the ref blows the whistle thinking that it was covered and Matthews buries it so technically this is the right call but it's one of those things that you almost never see get called properly because then there is a gray area I honestly think if the whistle had went before the pass from bunting they wouldn't have allowed it but the fact that the pass was already made and all basically it was just Matthews getting the puck and shooting that they said, nope, nope, that's continuation because the play was still live. I lost sight of the puck, blew it down. Like they didn't even have to go to review right away. They talked to each other on the ice and called it a good goal on the ice right away. And then they reviewed it, but like to make sure. But yeah. the okay. timing. Yeah, should have done like that ref and that clip that was going around. You see where he dove on top of the net to uh, keep an eye on the puck. Well, technically, you're. I, I like, think. Did you guys see this one? So the uh, the puck is in a scramble in front of the net, and the re- the ref literally just like 
full force dives Superman style on top of the net to just look straight down on the line to see if you could see the puck. And I thought it was hilarious. Nice. John Boy shared it on uh, Instagram. Go check it out. Nice. But this Carolina game, guys, Matthews getting his career high in shots, 15. Cray cray. And another thing, uh, this five on three coming back to haunt us right off the bat. Brent Burns scoring on the power play and the Leafs go down two in the first period. So when this goal for Matthews went in, I think Leafs Nation was super hyped because we tied it up. It's 3-3 in the third period. But shit, I didn't even have time to finish my tweet because <laughs> Sebastian Ajo scores. And shit just hits the fan because Leafs win a total of 15-45 or Carolina without a shot in the second period. Leafs had 17 shots up on them and momentum was in their favor. But I don't know. It was tied in the third and... Things just fell apart, and we're like, "Oh, what's going on here?" So it, it fortunately, it's crazy that Matthews had 15 shots on his own because if I remember the numbers correctly, Carolina this season is allowing on average 23 shots against a game. Yeah, they were talking about some games where they've held opponents to like 16 or 18 shots. Yeah, that is insane. I don't think I think the Leafs had that 18 shot game, and they said this was the lowest they've had all season. So just that contrast between, you know, an ins- a team that can come at it with 50 shots in one night uh, and a team that holds them to 16. So, yeah, if Matthew's having 15 on his own. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, it looks like Freddie's going to have to find a home new, uh, new home next year with Kochetkov playing like that. Ooh, He's good, yes. man. So good. Um, he was a fantasy steal at one point in time. Thank um, you very much. Yeah, but even though the Leafs lost, Keith came out and said that um, he thought in a lot of ways that was their best game of the season. I think he is referring to, you know, how the Leafs can come back and, I don't know, just hold down the fort, even though they didn't, because he had another quote saying, you know, he thought he did, Matt Murray did a good job for them, but of course it's difficult to win in any sort of regularity if you have to score more than four. So Matt's got to find a way to keep one or two out. And it's true, there were a couple hot and ready pizzas and he wasn't tight on the wraparound and eh, letting in so many, but honestly, it wasn't all on him. I don't know, what were you thinking on that, Bean? Uh I don't know. Like, this is... We're getting to the garbage time of the season again, right? Yeah. Like, Florida is literally battling for a wild card spot. You know, that game's hard to put up to anything. Nashville's kind of just in the same situation, I think. Speaking and of Florida... I was just checking. To- <laughs> what? With the loss tonight, the Leafs officially clinched a playoff spot. Oh, shit! <laughs> Florida Sends lost to the Senators. Two. Yep. Florida sucks. Oh, Let's go, that Ottawa. X looks nice. <laughs> Yo, Ottawa has had some nice little situations for themselves, eh? Where they beat, when the Leafs beat Florida, they beat Tampa. So there was, they got that game up on Florida and now they beat Florida. So damn, Ottawa might actually uh, claw themselves into this. They're five points uh, behind Pittsburgh for the second wild card spot, but they played one more game, so they have eight more to do it. Look at this from Doodling Daryl on uh, Instagram. 
<laughs> Clinging to Pride Rock playoffs there. I think that's so, still too soon for some of us 90s kids. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? So uh, one thing that I, I kind of noticed when the Seattle Kraken won uh, with seven plus goals. So this from Saturday, last Saturday until this just past Saturday, uh, Boston, Vegas, the Rangers, L.A., Columbus, Nashville, Islanders, Sens, Vancouver, and the Canadians all scored seven or eight goals, and six of those games were seven to two. Like, I don't know wow. if anyone noticed there were a lot of seven two games last week and thought, damn, there's a lot of seven two games last week. There were, there were six, six of them. Like, wow. Plus the Leafs six two game, plus some eight two games. Like, it was a really high scoring week. This is what I mean. It's garbage time. You got teams that are literally trying everything to get into these last wildcard spots and a couple teams that are like, let's rest Patrice Bergeron tonight. Thanks for letting me know. As the game starts, when it's fucking fantasy playoffs, you dicks. <laughs> Tell us how you really Literally, feel, Johnny. Uh, how do I really feel? I feel that the only reason that Steph beat me this week is because Patrice Bergeron got benched last minute and she beat me in goalie stats. Everything else I won in. I'm so mad. Whoa, 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 whoa. How can you say that's the only reason she won if you won in all the other categories already? Bergeron's not a goalie. Because the, the only one outside of the goalie stats was plus minus, which okay, wouldn't have happened had I not. She beat me in two by plus minus and the goalie stats, which would not have happened if I had somebody playing in Patrice Bergeron's spot. I'm having the worst fantasy year I've ever had in my life. So let me have this win in our $25 league because all of my other fortunes are gone. I'm only still alive in the 50. So I guess I'll take it. I missed the 50 by one point. Oh, no. Oh, I got the I'm in first in the the free one. So I got the buy until this week. So yeah, I do. Oh wait, I'm facing you in the on the inside the rink league. It's oh, a free yeah. league, but uh, we're head to head this week. We had our bye week last week for being so damn good. Well, me, I don't know about you. But... <laughs> oh no, I've been doing good. I've been doing good. I'm not used to playing this first round of playoffs, guys. Like you, I, my record's really great in fantasy this year. It just took a major hit, and I'm really pissed about it. So sorry, I was MIA. For the last couple of days, I've been crying in my bed. It looks like you're going to beat me because I am down Kirill Kaprizov and Ilya Samsonov and Logan Thompson. So, uh, damn. Yeah, I think you're going to win. Hey. We don't well, have IR spots. With that attitude, of course she is. Yeah. Well, we don't have IR plus spots. I can't even pick anybody up. I just have these, you know, basically gone players. Speaking of Drop gone, Thompson. Speaking of Gonzo players, um, it's one thing to get an update on your phone that one of your fantasy players goes down. It's another thing to watch Matt Duchesne's hand explode in the middle of the game and go, well, I guess I'm dropping you from three teams because you're not playing until next year. <laughs> Holy shit, that looked bad. Right. And JT had a painful slosh in the hands. I think Matthews no, the, got... The puck hit him. JT got a puck to his hand while he was getting checked from behind. Ah, uh, yeah. It yeah. looked weird. They had they had to go back on the replay a couple of times because the first time they thought it was from the check behind him, and then they noticed that the shot oh. hits him as he gets pushed out because he was trying to deflect it, and the guy pushed him into the shot weird. So it hit his wrist or something, but he was uh, he was back thankfully, and he scored, which was great. 
But so... man, Duchesne took that one shot to his hand, immediately takes his glove off and just like holding his hand up. It looked like the, you know, the bad hand from Scary Movie. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. How can I forget? <laughs> now I will never, ever forget. Um <laughs> So with all these potential injuries, right? And then Matthews got sacked in the nuts so hard he couldn't even stand during his interview after the game on Friday or Saturday night. Do you want to rest some players, kind of like what Boston is doing right now? They sat Marchand, they did Bergeron, they're still winning games. I know we have a shit ton of D, but do we do it with the forward group or play them with Ryan O'Reilly when he returns or what? Um, I think just because they've been shifting lineups so much with O'Reilly out. I don't think you can afford to really rest anybody right now. I think you need to get them all in playoff mode. Boston has been just on another level, right? Like they they have the depth and the kind of god tier status this year. Like they've they clinched the playoff spot already. They know who they're playing. Well, they don't know who they're playing, but they know they're playing whoever's in that last wild card spot. I think it's a little more important for the Leafs in Tampa to uh, fight it out for for home ice and the Leafs to maintain a good streak going into the playoffs so I don't see them doing it it, it I mean resting Riley is I think the closest you're going to see to that I I think it comes down to if anybody's battling anything that we don't know about like you look at last year even the last game of the year against Boston I think Marner and Matthews both set yeah the last game is different no but like mm-hmm. if, if someone's battling something like Matthews is just looking completely himself now yes defensively he's still been there his skating's been good but his shot and his hands are looking like the Matthews we know now because he's had to play through a whole bunch of nagging things so I think he's fine Marner's been crazy all year maybe he would want a game or two just to kind of make sure he's 100% there's well especially because the last two games are the Lightning and Rangers I mean they're probably going to be doing the same like you're not going to be going against the entire Rangers lineup that last game, like or Tampa for that matter. It kind of feels like Matthews was bored one day and looked at his phone and saw, oh shit, I'm tied thirteenth uh, most in goals with Clayton, Clayton Keller, uh, Verhage, Bro Horvat, and Kempe. Like this has to change. I don't know. The last couple of weeks he's been he just turned it on and looks like he wants to directly score goals i don't know what it is but i'm like turned it on yeah (laughs) a lot of guys are scoring high like high amounts of goals this year i mean there's already a handful like 10 players in the 40 plus category um i don't know they're really adding up yeah I'm just, once O'Reilly comes back, the amount of depth these guys are going to have, I'm not really concerned about any individuals scoring, especially now that we've said, like, if Kerfoot's got his shot back like this and if Yarn Crow can shoot like this, man, I don't care who puts the puck in the back of the net, just win the game. Which comes to the last thing I want to talk about here, which is uh, goaltending, because Joseph Wall had a great showing. I was really hoping he'd be able to hold on to a shutout so I could catch up to you in some points there and sneak out a win. But still, uh, holding on to the win for the Leafs there was not easy. It it started out easy for him, and he was making some great saves all night, but uh, you know, really showed some resilience in the, towards the end of the game there. So what do you guys think is the future, in the, I guess the near future for uh, Mr. Joseph Wall? 
only good things. Like, so I guess, what do you, do you think he's going to be seeing any ice time uh, in the next little bit? Do you think come playoff time, it's just, thank you for your services. We'll see you next season. What do you think? I think it's completely wide open. Like, not that, okay. I got to be careful how I say this because I've been pro Murray all season. Um, <laughs> I love the guy. He's had his battles and his struggles all year. At the end of the day, he is our goalie who has won cups. So you have to have give him some benefit of the doubt that come playoff time, he'll be able to tighten up the deficiencies he's had in his game. That being said, he's allowed a lot of goals lately. So the fact that you have Joseph Wall coming in and doing what he's doing now, showing the the skill and the game that made you, you know, take him in the first place, that made you want him to be a part of your organization, because he's been a highly touted prospect for the Leafs for quite a while. I touched on it in a, the goalie episode I did with Marty at the beginning of the season on his podcast. Um he's had a long run of, of bad luck when it comes to injuries. So that's why we haven't really seen too much of him before now, but he's got like, he's played 19 games in the AHL for the Marlies this year. He's got 16 wins in 19 games with a 930 save percentage. He's played four games for the Leafs. He's got three wins with a 934 save percentage. The kid has played phenomenal. And if you look at how he played, last night against the Predators, he's got all the pieces. Like, all the pieces. It shows why he was such a valuable prospect. He's got the poise. He's got the athleticism. He's got the never-quit work ethic that even when he is down and out, someone dekes him out. He's still flopping around, getting anything and everything he can in front of it to save it. So he's he's got everything you want to see. He's just got to have that consistency. If we go into the playoffs, if Sammy's not 100%, and if Murray can't show anything, I don't think Keith would hesitate for a second to throw a wall in there. You know, it's funny just to touch back on the uh, the Nashville broadcast they called when they were introducing him. They called Joseph Wall the uh, young goaltending phenom of the uh, the Maple Leafs organization, and they start like listing off his AHL stats and everything. And I'm like, this is not how he's being introduced on Sportsnet right now. Guaranteed, they are talking about how. They have no idea who's going to start now between Murray and Samsonov. And I can't believe Joseph Wall is even playing right now. And yep. it's just like, oh, what what a great prospect the Leafs have in this guy. Excited to see what we've got tonight. It's like <laughs> Chris Cuthbert called him <laughs> Hall. Nice. Like, yeah. But, but yeah, I, I do honestly, like, I wouldn't be completely shocked if he saw some action in the playoffs. I would be comfortable with it. I Like, he's shown that he's steady in the net. And the only reason why we've seen Shalgren as much as we have is because of Wall's injuries. Uh, he would be in the show, the third person up, uh, if he wasn't so injured. But honestly, after coming back, he has been so solid. And even against high-scoring teams, like, it's just, I mean, Nashville, what, what can you say about them? It's just... Joseph Wall coming in after so long and sitting on the bench and just watching and waiting and he's matured a lot. I don't know. I feel confident with him, guaranteed. Um, way more than Shalgren 
I've ever felt. And we were really, really impressed with him at one point in time, right? And uh, Looking back on the stats, I can't believe Shulgren's played 10 games this year or this season. Yeah. Like, I, I can't even remember any of them. It's crazy. <laughs> we didn't have a healthy Samsonov and Murray together till like the holidays or new after New Year. Something. That was the Walla days. <laughs> so honestly, if Murray, like you said, Bean doesn't tighten it up like these hot and ready pizzas or you can't seal the crease and these too many little mistakes, I wouldn't trust it immediately again. Like if you go like the third or fourth game, like I wouldn't go that far. I would give Joseph Wall a chance. Yeah, uh, deal. And just real quick, I want to jump over to touch back to the wild card race. This is good for Ottawa. Montreal just beat Buffalo. Ooh. So another one in that Atlantic race uh, takes a hit, which is awesome. Um, Colorado's losing to Anaheim, and Edmonton is tied with Arizona. <laughs> what, nice. an, what an interesting night. So let's we should figure out what scenario for the next episode has to happen for uh, Ottawa to make it in here. Or I can kind of just pull it up here. So they're what? With that loss, I mean, they've got where's the, they need at least three good wins, and they still have not win. nine games left, according to this. This might not be updated. Uh, according to NHL.com, they were they've who are you using ESPN again or Fox um, Sports? <laughs> Even worse, <laughs> according to NHL.com, they have eight games left. And they're sitting. They're sitting at seventy-seven points. There we go. Tied Five behind Pittsburgh. Tied with Buffalo. Buffalo has a game in hand. Mm. And Pittsburgh has a game in hand. It's like the slimmest of margins that the Sens are still in it. The slimmest. Honest to God, if I'm being completely honest, I want Pittsburgh to hang on to that final wild card spot. Because what would be better than to see the old boys of Crosby, Malkin, and Latang knock out the Bruins in the first round? Oh, that would be a fantastic <laughs> matchup, and I would much rather that than see the Bruins get to just steamroll through Florida. Florida's not making it. Are you like? There's no way. Well, they're only three points back of Pittsburgh, so Pittsburgh's got a game in hand too, though. I know. Like I know you have to mm. win the games in hand, but. Florida had the opportunity, and they have just completely pissed it away. Yeah, I mean, losing to uh, both everybody you know, and sends, and yeah, other than <laughs> their last last ten, they're five, four, and one. Jesus, guys, that's not how you make a playoff. They lost Gosh. four in a row. Yeah. That being said, Tampa's lost four in a row as well, but and the Leafs have not gone more than two games without getting a point this season yeah they still they it's like well yet again garbage time they've been win one lose one for a little while now right mm-hmm. they're six three and one boston's on a seven game winning streak get the fuck out of here guys so annoying <laughs> anyway <laughs> but i saw a post that was highlighting the road streak uh, for Tampa, the Leafs in Boston, pretty much saying that home ice seems to matter the most this year because Tampa and the Leafs, um, their record's not good. 
uh, for home and away wins. Well, I'm trying to get it up here in one sec. Tr- but... Toronto's 19, 13, and 4 away, and Tampa's 17, mm-hmm. 19, and 1. So, get yeah. home mice. Yeah. Get home mice. Well, right now the Leafs have a seven point lead with a game in hand. So, I'm, I'm pretty happy with that. Yeah, I think we're locked. All yeah. right. Um, can I touch on some Leafs prospects going into their playoffs and that before we log out here? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so Ty Voigt finished second in OHL scoring with 24 goals and 81 assists. And him and his Sarnia Sting have game one this Friday versus the Guelph Storm. Nice. We have Frazier Minton in the WHL with Kamloops Blazers, and they start Friday versus the Vancouver Giants. Braden Kressler starts, uh, they have their playoffs versus Saginaw. And Brandon Lesowski and Josh Pilar are against Bedard and the Regina Pats. And then we have two players in the final four for the NCAA and the frozen final four, Matthew Nyes and Mike Coster. So that means that Nyes, the earliest he can sign with the Leafs is April 9th, which would put him at about, what, three games left in the season? April 9th would put him at three games left in the season. Yeah. So the final four for the, or the frozen four, we've got Minnesota, BU, Michigan, and Quinnipiac. Interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on that. I would love to see if Matthew Nyes makes this uh, roster before the end of the season. So would I. At, at this point, though, I really want them to have a chance to win that championship because that was his goal going back to university. And if he could go into that, win the championship, and then come and play for the Leafs, I think it would be that much better. Also, yeah. last night, the Toronto Six win their first championship in club history. Hell yeah, they did. Winning the <laughs> winning the Isabel Cup um, with a 4-3 overtime win over the Minnesota Whitecaps. And That's awesome. Yeah, for anybody that hasn't had a chance to watch any of these games, like it is very good hockey. There's no hitting. So everybody's, a lot of people are, you know, dragging their knuckles on the ground saying it can't be hockey, can't be hockey. No, it's just super fast paced and super skilled. Like there, it's, it was a very good game. You have the winner scored by Teresa Vanasova, her first goal of the playoffs to clinch it in overtime. Oh, that's sick. And with that win, there's only one professional sports franchise in toronto that hasn't won a championship in the past 56 years Mm. (laughs) great jays argos toronto fc raptors toronto rock marley's now the toronto six come on leafs our time is coming our time is now just don't don't say don't say the it's our don't say it's our year don't, don't. <laughs> no the Toronto Six the first Canadian team to win the Isabel Cup too I found that really interesting damn we gotta get winning guys like we're we're doing well we got a good PP a good PK good goalies by winning some wins 
dubs. <laughs> Starting on Wednesday, again against Florida. Um, it was weird early in the season. Uh, we said the later two games are literally right at the end of the season, and it's a co- co- divisional rival, right? But, yeah. Fun fact, do you know the where the trophy for the PHF gets its name? The Isabel Cup? Nope. She, no. she was the daughter of Lord Stanley. Oh, shit. Oh, cool. That's really cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm yawning because I'm tired, not because I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I bore you that much. I get it. Guys, Marner, most points as a Leaf uh, through 500 games. Oh, there's... And also... Uh, Tavares 150th as a leaf in that uh, Nashville game. Yeah, there, there's so many different things that are popping up with these guys. It seems like every single game. Um, you have the Leafs players to reach the playoffs in each of their first seven NHL seasons. Bore Selming, Ian Turnbull, Dave Keon, Turk Broda, and now Matthews and Marner. Damn. Like, Matthews is five goals away from 300 for his career. That would put him at fifth all time on the Leafs. Fifth. That's insane. He needs five goals the rest of this year to be fifth. That's mind blowing. We're lucky. We're so lucky. And nobody grasps that right now. Everybody's all, well, you shouldn't be losing to bottom teams or this team isn't any better than it was last year. It's like, shut up and enjoy the team. Yeah. And really, if you are somebody who's just kind of gearing up for the playoffs, it's kind of, uh, I'm not going to say bandwagon, but, you know, maybe you're just starting to pay attention towards the end of the season here. You've been checked out for a little bit. Now is a good time to hop back into it because these last uh, nine games are kind of a, a mini version of the entire season. We've got four really good teams, four bad ones, and one that's fighting for a playoff spot. So I think you're going to get a little bit of everything here. And like you said, we got some milestones to look out for. So uh, stay tuned as uh, next game is Wednesday against the Panthers at 7.30. What do we think is going to happen here? Because the Panthers are the one that are fighting for a spot at really out of all of these. The others are kind of out. I I think they're going to be coming out hard again. Um, but in reality, unless Kachuk can drag them into the fight. I don't know if it's going to really do too much because they are, are just stumbling their way through this attempt to try to get back into the playoffs. Like it does not look good at all. Yeah. Uh, he was a pest of course, uh, with Murray and even Matthews a bit there, uh, last game. Um, yeah, I expect a high scoring game actually, but it'll be interesting to know, to see if, <clears throat> excuse me, Samsonov returns and his home record is elite, right? It's so great. Uh, maybe this will help the Leafs uh, if he's a net. And yeah, uh, it's been a while for him. We'll see. Speaking of Sammy's home record, did you see Murray's away record? I did not. Look at it. It's pretty good if I remember correctly. Look at the contrast between... Their home and away records, if you can. So we because we have a, a home goalie and an away goalie. It's perfect. We have a home goalie and an away goalie. It's kind of weird. 
Uh, Sorry, I'm just trying to pull it up here. Murray. Yeah, me too. Murray's nine and six on the road. But what's the save percentage? Uh, nine fifteen. Okay. Exactly. And it's an eight eighty at home. Exactly. And Sammy's at at home is like nine thirty six or whatever, and his away is like an eight eighty. <laughs> okay, deal. That's the plan. And the second uh, Murray screws up, it is wall time. <laughs> so that's it. Just play Sammy at home, Murray away, and we're good. We're good. By the way, if anyone wants to chuckle, look at the tweet I retweeted of Ryan Reeves getting smelling salt. I don't <laughs> know if anybody's seen it yet, but I actually almost laughed in the middle of our show because I have the highlights on in the background and it came up. <laughs> It is absolutely hilarious. I'll have to check that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. We are we? We're good. Yeah, yeah. Good night, everybody. Join us on Discord and on Twitter and on Instagram. And, uh, you know, check us out. Video is going to be up on the Inside the Rink channel, not ours. Just so you know. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Leafs Late Night, your night of post-game podcast. Available after every game on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Audible, and more. Hey, Marty. Go 67s. Toronto 6. I'm ready to fuck Oshawa. Fuck guy. No.